Welcome back to the Suncast, the official podcast of Somos Unidos News and your source for the latest news on New Mexico United. I'm one of your hosts, Seth Benoff, and after another couple weeks off, we are back with United News, United Notes, and all the goings-on around the USL because the USL is officially back. I honestly don't know what episode number this is off the top of my head. I did not update my notes, so I apologize for that. But this week's show is very big. Like I mentioned, the USL is back. Match play starts again this Saturday, and your New Mexico United are taking on the Colorado Springs Switchbacks in a brand new format that's going to take place for the rest of the season um, because of all the changes due to COVID-19. We're going to take a look at that. We're going to give predictions ahead of this weekend's match. Um, We may even talk about Wednesday's match as well. I don't know. We may get there because the matches are coming fast and furious as we get back into the 2020 USL season. Uh, before we get into that, though, I want to bring in my, my partner, my co-host, Jacob Chell. Jacob, I don't know about you, but we are back. I'm excited. I know you're excited. Um, unfortunately, the club is away for the first few matches. What are your thoughts going into this? How do you think the season's going to look from a from a fan perspective, from a media perspective, and how do you feel about just soccer being back in general? As far as soccer being back, I'm super excited for it. Um, everything else, you know, I, I think I've given up on the trying to predict and see what's going to happen because uh, just today the governor of New Mexico made more changes, so... Um, who knows how it's going to actually play out or what's going to happen. I know we reached out to the club about, uh, media availability when they do start playing here and it's still up in the air, which is understandable because they don't have their first home game until the 29th of July. So they've got some time there to figure some things out, but, um, we'll see how this weekend goes. I'm excited to be able to watch the guys out on the pitch again. Finally, uh, I watched some, the highlights from that first match back in March, which feels so so long ago already um and it was it was nice to just see the new away jerseys out there on the field and see the guys out there in action so i'm looking forward to watching some soccer this weekend and not just any any soccer but new mexico united soccer finally yeah absolutely it's been such a long wait such a long wait i should say um and even just the news that's been trickling out over the past couple of weeks the usl has been spacing it out like i mean they they revealed you know half of the conference on one day they revealed half the conference the next day and it's like all right guys just give us the news like <laughs> we understand you know your desire to to want to put news out and keep staying in the news cycle but you know as fans as media we're like all right give us something, something yeah. that we can write about, be substantial about. And so when the schedule came out last week, um, and the week, week, last week, week before the groups came out, the group whole group process, we'll talk about that. Like I was super excited. You know, we finally got it. You know, we got our first written content out in quite a while. Um, and we're going to be coming, you know, fast and furious here as the matches come, we're going to have our recaps. We're going to have our previews and I don't know, we may try to get some more other stuff in there, but we don't know, what the availability of players and coaches and, and front office staff is going to be uh, with the way that the season is playing out this year. Um, but yeah, I mean, so let's get right down into it. First and foremost, the change in format for the 2020 season. Uh, so the USL announced that the championship is going to be broken down into uh, groups um, uh, and the United are in basically, you know, group three, uh, with Real Salt Lake, El Paso, and Colorado Springs. Um, now we don't get our 
typical, you know, home and away matches with Phoenix and some of the other clubs, such as Las Vegas or, or others. But the format that we're seeing is very similar to the um, um, USL League Two schedule. That if you're an Albuquerque Soul supporter, you know how they played. They played you know two matches with Colorado. I think so, Colorado Rush at a time. Um, yeah, I could be so. wrong. And then they go, you know, they play two there and two here, you know. Um, so very similar schedule to where we play each group within the club three times. Um, I'm sorry, four times. And that still is going to leave United with a couple matches to play outside of the group. And for United, so that gives United three matches since we did play earlier, one earlier this season. Our out-of-group matches will be against Oklahoma City Energy FC, the Rio Grande Valley Toros, and phoenix rising i mean first of all jacob what do you what do you th- what do you think about our grouping do you think it was first should we've been paired with with phoenix um do you think that i mean our group could potentially be labeled as like a group of death i mean three of the clubs in this in this grouping made the playoffs last season colorado's looking significantly better at least they did in their first match and they made a lot of changes in the offseason and you know do, do you think our out of group matches hold up? I, I know that's a lot to go through, but you know, uh, there's just so much to take in so much to talk about. Uh, I just want to get right to it. Yeah. So, so basically the format, everybody in the league is going to play 16 games. Um, and then the, in the groups, the first and second place teams are going to the playoffs. So automatically you're looking in our group, one team that made the playoffs last year isn't going to make the playoffs because like you said, there was three that made the playoffs and only two can advance from the group. Um, so our 16 games are four against Colorado Springs, four against El Paso, four against Real Monarchs. And then the one that we already played against Austin Bold, one against Oklahoma city, one against Phoenix and one against RGV. I personally love the schedule. Um, it's, it's fairly balanced. Uh, I think our group is, I don't know if I'd call it a group of death um, because I don't know if there's any one team that I'm just like, or any one or two teams that I think could like win the whole thing other than New Mexico United, of course, because partially I'm biased and partially I think we have a really good team. But I was um, biased for New Mexico United? No way. Don't <laughs> ever do some of that. No, never. Um, but... I do think that it is a very underrated group when you look at the Western Conference. I think um, any of the four teams can advance. I think it's going to be every match is going to be a knockdown, dragout brawl. Basically, uh, when you look at one, I mean, we already have the El Paso rivalry. Um, if you want to call it a rivalry, we it's up for debate. But either way, we don't like them and they don't like us, so however you want to look at that. And then, like you said, Colorado Springs looks a lot better. Um, I picked Colorado Springs as a playoff team um, before the regular season started back in February. Um, And then Real Monarchs won the whole thing last year and have several players returning. So to have the Western Conference Championship, both of the Western Conference Championship teams in the group, plus ourselves, plus a drastically improved Colorado Springs team, um, it's going to be super intriguing. I think every match is going to be exciting. Um, I love our schedule of our non-group games. I think Oklahoma City and RGV um, are definitely gettable. 
And then, as everybody knows, we haven't lost to Phoenix Rising yet. So, uh, which, after the display they put on last year, is kind of hard to say for everybody else. But we we stuck with them all three times and ended up with two draws and a PK shootout win in, in the Open Cup. And, and I think that since they're coming here, um, even though there won't be 15,000 fans and the game's actually going to be played at UNM Soccer Complex instead of at the lab, uh, I think it'll it'll still be a good one. I think our guys are up for it. So I, I think that the format is probably the best that they could do in the circumstances. I think that having the teams travel is weird. We kind of talked about that on the last episode. Um, since they're not doing the quarantine everybody in one spot uh, model, the bubble model that all the other professional sports team leagues are doing here in the States this year. Um, but looking at it, I mean, Colorado's not very far of a drive. El Paso's not very far of a drive. Uh, Monarchs is a little bit farther, but uh, I, I'm assuming it, I'm assuming that they'll drive to all of these matches, uh, except for maybe Oklahoma City and maybe RGV. Is RGV here? I don't remember now. Uh, RGV is a home match, yes. Okay, so maybe Oklahoma City, but everywhere else, I think will be um, be driving for sure. So um, I'm excited. I think that the format is probably. Um, beneficial to us even though we're in a tough tough group there i think that it's definitely definitely available for the taking yeah if this was any normal season where fans were allowed to travel i have a feeling that most of these matches would be just absolutely packed with united supporters uh but unfortunately you know fans i don't know how i know texas is basically shut down uh, again, and I know that most of their clubs have have already said that they're not going to allow fans. United is not allowing fans. Um, Phoenix, I'm fairly certain, is not allowing fans, although that match is here. I don't know how Colorado's doing it, or Oklahoma City. Uh, I imagine they're not going to, but I could be wrong on that. Uh, there have been a few clubs that have announced that they will allow fans, um, which I think is kind of surprising given what's going on, but, uh, yeah, this schedule looks absolutely incredible. Um, you know, we open up with Colorado and then in quick order, we've got, we've got, what is it? Four matches in 18 days here to start the season basically. Um, and if you're really like five in, I don't know, five in 21 days, if you go all the way out to August. So huge, huge schedule to open up. Um, you know, Colorado, El Paso, El Paso, Real, and Oklahoma City are the first five matches. Um, I definitely think some folks are going to miss the home and away with Phoenix, but we do get the match here. And like you mentioned, it, the, all the home matches for United will be over at the UNM Soccer Complex, which I think is you know fantastic um, that we still have a place to play, um, considering that the uh, Rockies are here in town using Isotopes Park um, or whatever Rio Grande Federal Credit Union, whatever it's called <laughs> now. Um, you know, so having the UNM Soccer Complex available to the club has been uh, a huge get for them, uh, and I know that. We've had that. We had the Cardiff City friendly there last year. We had the preseason there this year, and you know, even even without fans, I think it's a very homey atmosphere. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to play well into United. Um, now, some of these other clubs, now if we've been playing like you know t- uh, Timbers Two or something, you know, they'd be right at home in the empty stadium. But um, 
for some of these other clubs like Real and El Paso, they definitely draw. So it's going to be it's going to be strange for all teams coming in, no matter where they're at, without having fans. And I don't know that the USL is going to do anything such as pumping in crowd noise or, you know, doing an overlay like uh, La Liga is doing, as far as you know, trying to make it look like there's fans in the stands. Um, but yeah, it's yeah, it's definitely it's it's going to be a tough group. Um, we definitely, I think we, I don't remember what we said in our preview. I have to go back and pull it up, but I know last season, let me pull up the last season's results. Um, and we'll take a look and see how New Mexico did against these clubs. I can tell you they swept Colorado Springs. Um, they beat El Paso here and drew them away. They destroyed Real Monarchs here and then got beat over there. Um, Phoenix, we know that they drew both times, mm-hmm. uh, RGV, I believe they drew both times against RGV, if I'm not mistaken. I know we drew over there cause that was nil nil. Um, yeah. I can't remember yeah, what both, the match was here. Yeah. Both matches against RGV were draws. Uh, it was nil nil over in Edinburgh and then it was a one, 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 draw. one. Yeah. Here at here at the lab back in October, uh, you mentioned. Of course, we have not lost to Phoenix Rising. That's probably not going to happen again this year. Um, we did, of course, as you mentioned, sweep Colorado Springs uh, through three matches. Um, oh yeah, I forgot about that. Open, yeah, open Cup. We are, and we are, of course, the unofficial owners of the state of Colorado after <laughs> being the Raptors as well. Uh, so yeah, we beat Colorado Springs three one in El Paso and in Albuquerque, and then we also beat them two one after extra time in the Open Cup, and that was of course up in Colorado Springs as well. And then El Paso, let's see, I, I believe two 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 yeah. two down there, and then three nil up here, three nil or three one, I believe. I think it was three nil. Um, yeah, three nil. That's right. Three nil, yeah. So I mean, definitely going to be a competitive group of of matches here with all these clubs. Um, in that win against El Paso, it was Kevon, uh, Chris, uh, yeah, Kevon and Chris with the three goals between the two of them. So yeah, I mean, Colorado Springs they, they've made a lot of changes this off season. They brought in a new coach. Uh, they definitely looked better in their first match um, way back in March. They played the Oklahoma City Energy FC and won that match two one on the back of goals from uh, Christian Voleski and a own goal by Tucker Stevenson. And they did concede to Atiba Harris, who we talk, I think we talked about last season uh, as being dangerous for the energy. Um, but I know that, yeah, I know there's a lot of hype surrounding Colorado Springs this season. I know that their supporters are looking forward to it, thinking they have a much better shot at uh, competing for a playoff spot this year. I mean, I think last year they finished, what, 18th 19th somewhere around there um, they did maybe. they 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 were the team that made us or that got us into the playoffs though by coming back and drawing against san antonio on the last mm-hmm. day of the regular season so i will forever be grateful for them for that and uh hope that they don't get in our way or we don't have to rely on them to beat anybody later in the season this season and we can just win that playoff spot ourselves yeah, definitely. We don't want to rely on anybody else, uh, like you said. Um, we don't don't want to be in that spot again because we, we had that. And with of course, with the Open Cup not happening this year, or appa- apparently not happening this year, um, chances are we're not going to have 
as tired of legs, but the, you know, again, the schedule does lend itself to having a lot of match days in a short period of time. Uh, now, fortunately, to start off, we get them, you know, on fresh legs, and we'll see how that happens later later on in the season, uh, as far as you know, uh, stamina and everyone's fitness goes, because it's definitely been a weird three months. Uh, now we know the club has been training, you know, they've been following uh, league and local protocols as far as um, gathering and being in lar- and being in larger groups, and so you know we've seen videos of the guys training at home. We've seen guys, you know, videos of guys training on the pitch down at the at the practice fields. Um, so yeah, I think it's going to be interesting to see what happens. And really, like normally by this point, by this point of the year, we'd have you know lots of information to go off of, as far as you know, giving a preview who we think is going to be, who we think is going to be a key performer for our opponent for opposing clubs. But there's not a lot to go off of this year. Um, you know, and I'm sure as the weeks go on, we'll be able to give better previews, better opinions on, um, who we think is going to be, you know, player who's going to be a player to watch. Um, but is there anyone that catches your eye maybe returning from last season that you think could be an issue for United to deal with this year in terms of Colorado Springs coming up in the first match? You know, the only player that I really, Really enjoyed watching with Colorado Springs last year. Uh, Ish Jome, he's gone. He's not there anymore. So, um, in fact, he, I believe he is with Austin Bold now, if I'm not mistaken. I don't, I don't remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he, he's with Austin Bold because we played him. He came in to the match last, or our last match back, or the last match back in March. We, he ended up getting some time out there. Um, so, as for Colorado Springs, I'll, I'll uh I'll hold off on that until the second time we play them. I do think it's interesting having to play these teams in our group four times. Um, I mean things already were chippy with El Paso the last time we played them. I think having Colorado Springs or not Colorado Springs, uh, Real Monarchs in our group and having to play them four times, and it being Kalen Ryden's former club and his best friend Jack Blake's over there, uh, that is going to be interesting to see. I, I have a feeling that after this year we could have significant rivalries and sports hatred for all four of these teams, just because when you play them that many times in such a short period, um, you're going to get to know them really well. You're going to uh, know what gets under their skin. They're going to know what gets under your skin. And I, I think by the last couple matches of the season, uh, we could see some, some pretty intense games, especially if it's like we're thinking with this group, how it's going to be pretty close, man, those games are going to be, worth a lot and and we could see some some definitely some pushing and shoving and and some good times much like the el paso and phoenix games last year do you think that any of these uh any of these clubs within this group are gonna basically become a, a stronger rivalry than what we see with el paso i'm not, not el paso but phoenix I, I know some people say that el paso is the rivalry you know a lot of people prefer to say that phoenix is a rivalry i i actually believe that phoenix is the true rivalry there do you think any of these you know, take on a greater meaning than the phoenix rivalry since we're only playing phoenix once this season or do you think that phoenix is still going to be the, the more heated of the of the pairings i think el paso will um, El Paso, they haven't beat us. We we wiped the floor with them the last time we played them, but uh, their fans are definitely feisty with us. And uh, I remember 
the first time we played them last year, um, writing about a Allen Allen Iverson esque step over that Devin had against somebody and some pushing and shoving that went on in that match. And um, I think that they're they're going to be a pretty good club this year again. Um, and it, all the games are going to be chippy and. I, unless the Phoenix game comes out this year and is just insane, um, I, I think El Paso will kind of take over that top spot since it already is the top rivalry in a lot of people's eyes. You know, playing them four times in a year is just going to fuel that fire even more. So I, I feel like El Paso will be the rivalry of note after this season just because of the circumstances. But if Phoenix continues to stay good next year and we continue to get good talent in and, and stay very competitive and beat them or draw against them this year. Again, I think come the end of next year, we'll be talking about Phoenix again as the best rivalry that we have. But after this year, I think it has to be El Paso. You mentioned that last match being chippy going, looking at the, at the information from last season between the two matches between El Paso and United, there were a grand total of eight yellow cards and two red cards. <laughs> so it's definitely one of those pairings that's going to be, you know, physical now. You know, we don't longer have Santi Moar. Um, and I, I haven't really looked too much at the El Paso roster um, to see who, where their changes have been. But I know last year they had Kisavetter, they had um, uh, Resend, they had Contreras, guys that, you know, we really felt like were going to be issues for us and keys better definitely you know, did us in in that first match um but i mean you know the large part of the players are, are back at least from our side and i imagine it's the same for el paso so yeah there's definitely you gotta wonder does some of that carry over from last season um and how how bad how chippy does it get this year yeah i think uh i think they lost some of their talent up front but um the pests that they have in the midfield and on the back line, I'm pretty sure are pretty much still all still there. So it's, it's going to get chippy. It's just a matter of, of uh, how chippy and if who keeps their cool the longest so that they can come out on top for those matches. Um, the Monarchs, for some reason I have too much respect for the Monarchs to think of them as a rivalry for some reason. I, I just, I like the, I like Monarchs and I like uh, Real Salt Lake and just kind of the way they operate for the most part. So I, for them, it's more of a healthy respect that I have. Um, I just don't like El Paso. Colorado Springs would probably be my second favorite team in the league if they weren't in our group. Um, and I honestly, if I saw them and us come out of this group, I would be very, very thrilled. Uh, but we'll see what happens. I, I do want to touch on, for those of you that don't remember, uh, we've mentioned that we played a match already this season, and you might not remember that it was a 1-0 loss uh, to Austin Bold back in March, and that game was played in Austin. Uh, I had a question for you, Seth. Can, how much, without looking it up, if you haven't already, what was our starting lineup? Um... I want to say it was Devin and B's up top. Actually, I, I'm going to cheat. I did have it up already. Um, nah. <laughs> yeah, Devin and, Devin and B's up top. We had uh, Romeo, Juan Pablo, uh, Amado, and Andrew in the midfield. We had Kalen, Justin, David, and 
uh, Najem in the as our defender. So it was almost a four four two is what it has listed on the USL Championship website. And then we did sub in uh, Sammy Sergi, uh, David David Estrada, and Sam Hamilton, um, all around the sixty seven. 66 to the 72nd minute mark. Um, and now we lost on a penalty in that match. Um, so it wasn't like we necessarily got like outplayed. But yeah, we did give up the penalty uh, in the 52nd minute, uh, at which Andre Lima was able to convert. So yeah, it's not like they, they, it's not like they beat us from, uh, from open play. Um, and honestly, I don't even remember the penalty. I mean, I could we could probably go back and look at it and see what the no. foul was leading up to it, but... I I, rem- I remembered it, and then I also watched the highlight package from it today, and it was um, eh, they played a long ball out. Um, we had some guys back, and between the ball and the defender, the ball and the offensive player and the goal, but for whatever reason, uh, Justin Smith decided to come in like a bull in a china shop and run over the guy. Uh, pretty easy penalty call. Um, but if you look at all the stats for that match, um, basically any stat that really matters that anybody really looks at, uh, New Mexico had a pretty decisive advantage in. Um, it was just the one penalty, and then we couldn't finish. We had several chances in the the first half. Uh, Moreno basically missed a sitter. He just skied it over the bar. Um, Weehan had a ball fall to him, and he put a good, pretty good leg on it, but it was right at um, Restrepo. Uh, and he made the save and knocked it out of there. So we had some chances. We looked pretty good. Um, just a stupid penalty, which kind of did us in a couple times last year. Um, cost us that one nil loss. But I, I think overall, people were fairly positive coming out of it. At least people that were that actually like kind of watched the whole match and not, don't just look at the result. Um, so I. I wish that was three points because that, that match still does count towards our standings uh, in our group. But uh, Austin's not in our group, so it's not like we lost ground really on anybody. Um, at the moment, if you were to look at it, I know Colorado Springs won. I know Real Monarchs lost. And I don't remember what El Paso did in week they one of this year. Okay, so we're we're sitting in third place or fourth place because of because of that, however you want to look at it. Uh, so we do have some ground to make up already. But like you, when you play each team in your group four times, there's going to be plenty of chances to make up ground. Uh, and it it basically makes it to where the group's probably not going to be decided until the last month of the season, uh, if not the last couple of weeks. But I just wanted to kind of touch on that Austin game because it was so, so long ago that uh, a lot of people... Uh, might have forgotten about it and might not realize that it counts towards our season still, and it does. So it it, it still sucks that we lost, and it does kind of put us behind um, the eight ball a little bit. But we will we'll be able to fight back pretty good. I'm I'm assuming. Yeah, you talk about the stats from that match. You know, United did lead in possession, uh, dual success rate, aerial, aerial duels, one interceptions. Um, so yeah, United definitely did take it to Austin in that match. It was just unfortunate. And yeah, while you were talking, I pulled, I looked at the match highlights, and yeah, Justin just plowed into him. And I mean, Cody even went the right way on the PK. It was just out over his reach. So, um, I mean, a few inches one way or the other. You know, Justin stops. 
you know, that match goes a completely different way. So yeah, it, it was, it was a long time ago. Um, and to the best of our knowledge, you know, leading up into this match, none of the guys have tested positive. Uh, no one on the staff has tested positive. Um, now, even if they did, I don't expect the, I don't expect the club to give us names. Um, but I'm sure that surely we would have heard something out of the club at this by, the, by now had someone tested positive, um, which is a good sign. You know, it means that the guys in the club are taking this seriously and they are, you know, they've been preparing as best as they can in order to uh, restart the season. Um, looking at Saturday night's match, it is, of course, a, it was a 6 p.m. Mountain Time kickoff. Uh, so hopefully by that point, the guys want to be in 100 degree heat like we are here. Um who do you, what do you think our starting lineup is going to be? Uh, is there anyone that stands out to you as potentially a man of the match? I think it'll be pretty similar to the lineup that we had uh, against Austin way back when. Um, we might see somebody else other than Parks in there on one of the wings. Uh, he had a, a uh, questionable match, uh, if I'm remembering correctly. Um, so I'd love to see Brucey get some time over there and get the start or something like that. But um, I think Devin comes up big for us. I think he uh, he gets a goal or two, a uh, pretty easy man of the match call. And I think we we can walk away with uh, a 2-1 win, uh, I'll say. I think, la- I think when I made the prediction for the Austin match, I'm relatively sure I went big and said we were going to win 3 nothing. Um and uh, I don't think I'm going to, I think it might've been four. I think I don't remember. I went crazy with it. Uh, the preseason hype uh, got me back then, but I still think we can come away with a win here. I think the guys have been working their butts off through all of this. Um, and I think that uh, Colorado Springs while improved is still probably the worst team in the group. Um if you're looking at kind of group thought, I think they have a chance to be, you know, to get out of it. But um, I do think they start off with a two-one loss to us uh, this Saturday. All right. So yeah, looking back at last season stats, um, we scored a grand total of eight goals against Colorado Springs. Four of them came from Kevon. Uh, three were from Devin and one was from bees. Um, so I, I definitely think you're on the right track with, with Devin. Devin's going to play a big part. I think bees will as well. Um, I, but I think the biggest thing for us is going to be, you know, how do we play defensively? I felt like, we had moments in the first match against Austin where we didn't play very well, particularly Justin's foul. Um, that's one that really stood out. I also feel like um, there were some issues like on the outside, keeping up with folks. But uh, you know, with Kalen coming in, uh, I feel like he's going to really help shore up that that back four in front of Cody. And I mean, even though Colorado won in their first match, they haven't necessarily proven that they can you know, go up against a a team like United and really take it to them and, you know, put keep the pressure on them for a full, you know, really even for a full half um, based off of last year's performance. And I will say that, that even with a couple of spotty s- situations there on the back line against Austin, um, the penalty being one of them, Schmidt, while causing the penalty, also saved a goal, uh, a for sure goal when um, 
Mizell kind of misplayed a ball coming in from the inline and it got right in front of the net. Um, and the Austin player just kind of had it as feet couldn't quite get a boot on it right away. And Schmidt was able to tap it out between his legs and clear it, um, before he could put it in. So yes, the penalty was bad, but he also made a pretty good play there. And I think that, that him and Ryden and Tete changing out there, um, as the center backs and then um, Manny, Najem, whoever else you want to put out there, Yearwood uh, can be pretty good on the outside. So I'm expecting the defense to be pretty good. I don't think Colorado is super offensive um, in the way they play for the most part. So I think, I think it'll be a good, a good, good test for them to begin without having to jump into a, a club like Phoenix, for instance, that is just, all systems go on offense. I think it'll be a good step to to get up to that Phoenix match. So we're not coming out with with a team that can drop six goals on us in the blink of an eye. So I expect them to play pretty good. I uh, I everybody hopes for a clean sheet, but um, I, I do think that they address the back line uh, a little bit, like in like we've talked about back in March. They did address the back line, and I I do think that will pay off. Uh, not only in this game, but moving forward. So you mentioned Colorado having a chance to get out of the group. Looking at the four clubs that we have, who do you think stands the best chance to advance? And if Colorado is going to be one of those two teams, who do you think falters to give Colorado the, the, the one of the top two spots? Well, you know, it's, it's, it's just such a tight group. It's kind of hard to say. Um, I, I think El Paso lost a lot on the, uh, lost a lot of talent on the offensive end. And I know that they replaced it with a couple guys, but those are kind of unproven guys for them and their system and how they want to play. So it could work out and it might not. I, I, I don't see El Paso getting out of the group, um, just because of that. They, they weren't a very good offensive team last year anyways, um, I mean, Kiesewetter accounted for, I think, I don't remember off the top of my head, but it was a lot. It was a large percentage of their goals, and he's now gone. So um, we will have to see what they do offensively. And, and until they come out and can show that they can score, uh, I got to put them at the bottom of the group um, all the way down in fourth. As far as Real, um, with these two clubs or these clubs with, affiliations with uh mls squads it's it's going to be difficult because you know halfway through the season uh real monarchs could be out of the mls's back tournament and or not real monarchs real salt lake can be out of the mls's back tournament and they can send some of their mid to lower end talent down just so that they can get some reps and that can boost that real monarch squad tremendously or they can make a deep run in the MLS's back tournament and call up a couple guys and maybe Ochoa ends up up there or something like that. And all of a sudden the Monarchs are depleted. Um, so it's, it's really tough to tell with them. Um, I think they have a very good squad. They're coming off the championship last year, uh, as we know, but I think they end up third Colorado Springs ends up second. Uh, a lot of that is just based on, like, I think it really could come down to those two, how Colorado Springs got the three points in the first match before we started all this. 
and the Monarchs lost. Uh, I think it could come down to that slim of margin. And because of that, I think Colorado Springs is just ever so slightly above them. Um, and then I see us taking the group. Um, personal bias aside, I just think we're the most talented group in the or team in the group. Um, I think we've got one of the more favor, favorable schedules um, with RGV and Oklahoma City and then the Phoenix game being here. And then even though we lost that first match before all this started, I think that um, when you're the most talented team in the group and I think we're hungry and want to prove that we are better than we were last season and that first match didn't didn't quite let us live up to that. I I think we come out and we, we run, maybe not run away with the group, but, but we win it fairly confidently. Um, so yeah, that's, that's kind of what I'm seeing. I, I, I just see El Paso and Real with some holes that, that I don't think they addressed properly in the off season. And that could lead to them falling down from what they were last year. You mentioned El Paso and, uh, uh, Kisa Vetter from last season. So El Paso on the season scored a grand total of 49 goals. Kisa Vetter was their leading score with 12 of them. And the next okay. closest person scored eight. And I'm not, I'm not even sure that that player's uh, still with them either. Uh, that was uh, Aaron Gomez. So yeah, El Paso is definitely going to be looking for um, some sort of spark, someone to step up and fill the shoes of Kisa Vetter. Uh, so yeah, I, I agree with you. They're, they're going to more than likely be in the bottom two. Um, Colorado has improved, but whether it's enough to get out of the group, I don't know. Um, so I, I think it's going to be us and uh, Real getting out of the group. Um, who de- who ter- who uh, ends up going one and two? I don't know. Uh, I think it's going to be it's going to be real close, uh, and like you said, it may come down to the. To you know, the last you know few weeks of the of the season, um, I'm gonna try and pull up you know, our groups out of co- out of group matchups here real quick, so we can kind of see those and see who might have the uh, the, the uh, I have a little bit of an advantage there in terms of strength of that. Um, so it looks like El Paso has RGV, Phoenix, and San Antonio. San Antonio. So I think that's I think that's a tough draw um, for El Paso in terms of their in terms of the out of conference or out of group schedule. Uh, Phoenix Rising absolutely, and that's coming up on the first of August. Um, so that could like really dampen any sort of momentum they might have at that point. Although they do have two matches with us prior to that. Um, so yeah, I think El, El Paso's got a real tough draw. Real has let's see, um, San Diego Loyal. That's an interesting matchup right there. Um, they also have uh, Tacoma Defiance and uh, Timbers Two. Um, I mean, I I think of the three that we know, and we can look at Colorado Springs real quick. But that's probably the the easiest possible out of group schedule. It, that Just does sound it. pretty good. Um, so Colorado Springs has Austin. Oklahoma City and Tulsa. So that one is, um, I mean, we share Oklahoma City with them, so that's a wash. I think I would rather 
play RGV than either of those other two. And Phoenix is tough for us, but we also don't lose to Phoenix. So um, I, I think it's fairly... I think the league did a pretty good job of trying to balance out everybody's schedule to to uh, the greatest extent that they could. Um, I mean, they obviously can't tell the future, but um, just kind of basing it off of what these teams were, what we think these teams are going to be, um, they sound pretty fair. I do think, like you said, uh, Monarchs has a has a easier schedule than all of us, which. Had I looked that up beforehand, maybe I would put them above Colorado Springs, but um, Colorado Springs doesn't necessarily have the toughest of roads either. I mean, Austin, I think, is going to be pretty good. Um, Oklahoma City, I'm kind of eh with. They already beat them once. They can beat them again. And then um, Tulsa. Tulsa's a brand new club, essentially. Um, So we'll have to see kind of how their players mesh together. But all in all, I think um, I think it's fairly even across the board as far as non-group games. Do you think with the league trying to limit the amount of travel done by the teams this season, looking at the Real uh, out-of-group matches, um, now the, both of these matches are away against Tacoma and Portland, do you think that's going to have an effect, or do you think it's just going to be like, okay, well, you just got on a little bit longer trip than normal? I don't. I, two matches out of the sixteen. I don't think it's going to really make a difference. Um, those places are farther than anything that we'll travel in or anybody else will travel to. But I, I don't see it being a huge, huge issue for them. Okay. All right. So I think that about does it for our our week. I guess what week two. <laughs> if you want to call it that, uh, week two preview. Let's call um, it week one B. One week one B. Okay, we can do that. Week one B. All right. So I, I didn't. I may have missed. It. Did you give a uh, score prediction for this weekend? I I believe I did. I believe I said two to one. Two to one. All right. Um, I think I'm gonna go somewhere along the same lines, but I think it's gonna be two nil to us. Okay. I, I think we'll see a, a better defensive effort uh, against Colorado Springs. Again, a club that struggled, struggled to score against us last season and don't seem to have, you know, necessarily proven scores yet. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens. And yeah, so Saturday night, we're going to be excited. 6 p.m. Mountain Time kickoff. That will, of course, be broadcast on ESPN Plus, and it will be live on ESPN Radio 117, the team, if you listen locally here. Um, now, I don't know what's going to happen as far as uh, local television broadcasts. My understanding is that there is a deal on the table with Estrella to do, I'm assuming, Spanish-language broadcasts. Um, I don't know what's going to happen there. I don't know if if that's a for sure thing or if that is still up in the air based on the uh, new format for the 2020 season. But it will be good to see um, that if it does indeed happen. Yeah, I think that uh, we talked about it back in March, you know, that we expected to see local local TV or expected to see the games on local TV uh, throughout the season. And I, I think that'll still probably happen. But with everything changing, you got to 
got to rework deals and stuff like that. So hopefully that that comes through and we can get even a, a, both a Spanish and an English uh, broadcast for for some local game or from for some local stations here. But uh, until then, we'll just play it one game at a time, one match at a time, and and uh, see what happens. You know, that's all we can do with everything that's going on right now, anyways. So yeah, definitely. Uh, hopefully that happens. Um, I, there have been some other like small tidbits of news coming out of the club here in the past uh, few days. Um, we do want to touch on the loan of Ben Bowery to Reno 1868 for the duration of the season. Now it does New Mexico United does have the option to recall him at any time, uh, according to the statement that was put out. Um, what are your thoughts on this move? Do you think that Philip Beigel outplayed him in training, or do you think this is a deal where it's we just want to get Ben some playing time elsewhere in order to bring him back and possibly be, you know, a number one next season or a number two. Yeah, I think, uh, I think Philip probably, uh, is the better option. Uh, there were rumors going along, going around last season that, uh, so Philip was with us last year, but he didn't, he couldn't officially be part of the roster because of some stuff. Um, but rumor had it, I heard some rumor anyway throughout there that he would have competed with Cody uh, for the starting spot had he been eligible the whole season. So uh, I think he's going to be a really good goalie for us. I think I think we see him uh, more often than we saw Ben last year. And I think this was a move to kind of free up him, free, free up Phillip to get some playing time while also, you know, hopefully getting Ben some, some experience outside of the club. Um, I'm glad that he didn't go to somewhere that we have to play. Uh, we don't have to see Reno at all this year. So, so I'm happy for that. And, and hopefully he can get some time over there. And, and like you said, next year, you know, if Cody, the, the just this past off season, Cody went out with NYCFC of the MLS uh, for a, as a trialist and performed pretty well. Uh, didn't get the call up, but he did perform pretty well. So if if he has another good year this year and then gets another trial somewhere else, you know, we might lose him. And and if Ben ends up coming back to us after some experience, uh, I could see Ben and, and Philip being a good tandem next year if that's the case. So I, I think it's a good move for everybody involved. And, and I I wish Ben was still here. I, I liked Ben. I, I had a couple chats with him last year, but um, he just wasn't getting the playing time. And with Philip in the mix now, he just wasn't going to see the field um, barring injury, I don't think. So so I think it's a good move all around. I, 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 I wanted to touch on that at the beginning of the episode and got too excited talking about everything else. So I'm glad you brought that back up because I did, I did like that move for the club and for Ben. Yeah, I think it's definitely going to benefit Ben uh, more than anyone else in the long run, uh, getting more playtime. I assume he's going to be the number one out in Reno. I haven't seen anything um, as far as what they're going to do in terms of their roster, uh, as far as depth or you know who's number one and so on. But uh, definitely best of luck to Ben. Uh, I think this also does benefit uh, Phillip. Uh, I think, and, and like you mentioned, we heard rumors all last season that he was here, he was in town, but because of visa issues, he couldn't, uh, officially join the roster. And like you said, you know, the rumor was that he would have competed with Cody for that number one spot. Um, I think Philip gives us, I think he's a little bit taller than Cody and I could be wrong. Um, I think he definitely wins in the beard department. Um, 
but yeah, I think I think Philip is going to be great competition for Cody, and you know if Cody does end up trialing out again this season or next season, because um, we all, you know we know that the the club tends to has been signing basically just one year deals with with guys, um, you know maybe it's kind of a, a way to say you know Cody you know step it up. Um, you know, we'll bring you, if, if you do well, we'll bring you back. If not, you know, we'll, we've got, you know, Philip here who could be a very well be a suitable, you know, fill in for him or replacement for him, you know, going forward. Um, so yeah, again, you know, best of luck to Ben, you know, we're going to miss him. Uh, I know that he was one of the nicest guys on the club. Um, even though we didn't get to see him a whole lot. Um, you know, he played in the Cardiff city match last season, played pretty well. Um, and so, yeah, it, it's just, and he got what, I think it was like one match day when Cody was out with like a turf toe or something, basically. Yeah. And that was actually the second Phoenix match, the Phoenix match yeah. here at home. And I, they did score two goals, but, um, he, he played pretty well in that game. I thought. Yeah. So yeah, best of luck to him. Um, while we were talking, I was looking at the USL championship website. So the USL, they're officially calling it week two power rankings. I don't know if you want if you uh, if we want to delve into those. They got United listed as eleventh, um, but again, it's been three months, <laughs> almost four months since anybody's played. Uh, so I don't know how much you know we want to put into the USLChampionship.com power rankings. Um, yeah, we can address those after after next week. We got two matches coming up Saturday and Wednesday. That'll tell us a lot about um, a lot of teams. So I I mean power rankings are they're just a talking point anyways. They're just one or two guys opinion on how the teams look. So I'm actually surprised that we're still 11th after losing to Austin. But if I remember right, they, uh, they had a pretty positive little blurb in there about how we looked good. Just gave up a dumb penalty basically. So, um, so yeah, I think, uh, I think, uh, it'll be, there'll be definitely more to go off of next weekend when, you know, we have two more matches under our belt and kind of see what things look like then. Yep. Uh, and also over on uslchampionship.com, uh, they do have an article out from Nicholas Murray. Uh, he poses the question, which championship group appears to be the most unpredictable? And he's right in line with us. Uh, the number one most unpredictable group is, of course, Group C, Group 3, whatever you want to call it, regard- which is, of course, us. Mm-hmm. Uh According to Nicholas Murray, he says it's not quite the Four Corners Cup that some people were hoping for, although let's be honest, in a regionalized format, El Paso, New Mexico, we're always going to end up together. But given the pedigree of all four teams involved, this one feels as though it has the most potential for drama all the way up until the final day when it comes to both playoff spots. Yeah. Um, and especially in Real. Real, in their final three games, are going to face each of the other clubs in over the last three weeks. Uh, yeah, it, and he says it very well could come right down to the wire. So, I mean, our thinking is right. You know, or I was just not our thinking. Nicholas Murray's thinking is right in line with ours. You know, so Nicholas, we think you know, great, great guy over there. Great minds think alike. Thank you, Nicholas. Um, and of course, we just we we don't we've never spoken with Nicholas. You know, I, I think I read it all. I read most of his stuff. But, yeah, um, it's been it's been pretty good. He, and then he has. Uh, Group G from the Eastern Conference, uh, Birmingham Legion, Charlotte Independence, Memphis, and North Carolina as the second most unpredictable group. So um, maybe this will give us a chance to maybe pick a group from the Eastern Conference and kind of focus on them as well to kind of get to know some future opponents a little bit better. I don't know. Maybe we can do that throughout the season. Um, so that, that's something we can definitely put out there. 
Yeah, I wouldn't mind doing that. Maybe take one of the groups every week and kind of talk about them a little bit. Yeah, we can definitely do something like that. We'll figure that out off air and and uh, we'll try to bring something either written or on the podcast um, every week uh, just to kind of you know get a little bit more coverage out there because it's going to be different this year. Uh, we've already established that. So um, one other thing, and I don't know if you heard about this, but there was a fake Instagram account out there that was impersonating New Mexico United club owner and CEO Peter Trevisani um, last week. Uh, I found out about this at one o'clock in the morning. One day I was, uh, watching, I was either watching something on Netflix or I was playing FIFA and all of a sudden I got a message on Instagram from, uh, Peter. I was like, okay, that's kind of weird. I wouldn't expect Peter, Peter to be reaching out to me on Instagram, especially at one o'clock in the morning. And so I, I, I casually responded, Oh, Hey Peter, what's up? And the, the account looked the same. I didn't really dive too much into it to begin with. And, I, he goes, oh, he goes, something says something's effective. Have you heard the great news? I'm like, oh, other than the club coming back to play this week? He goes, and then the, whoever this was was like, oh, yeah, I got money from this uh, grant foundation or something for the term for like $300,000 or three, you know, something like that. I'm like, all right, this is not Peter. And I did some digging. I'm sure enough, it was very close in terms of like username. And the guy even like copied some of Peter's photos and stuck them on his account. Um, apparently they reached out to other folks as well. Um, so I made a post about it on the New Mexico United subreddit. Um, just kind of giving a, a heads up about it and reached out to the club and, and, uh, Jessica got back to me, uh, after the fact, I emailed her like one o'clock in the morning on like Sunday morning or something. <laughs> and, um, she said that several folks reached out to them about it. And I know Peter put out a statement on his Instagram, uh, saying that it was a fake account and, you know, the police report it. And so I haven't gone back to look at it, but kind of a funny thing that happened, you know, uh, I mean, of all the people to, to try and impersonate, you know, why Peter and then to reach out to, you know, random people, you know, that's like, they just went down his followers list, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I'm kind of, kind of hurt that I didn't get reached out to, um, whoever made the account, what the heck why am, am I not good enough? Um, but yeah, I'm, when you're, when you're the face of a popular franchise like that here in New Mexico, um, stuff like that's going to happen. So uh, I'm glad that whoever made the fake account made it so obvious that it was fake, that it was pretty easy to, to spot. Um, Cause you're right. Who, why would Peter be messaging you at one in the morning um, and, and bringing this stuff up? So, um, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'd love for Peter, Peter to message me at any point, you know, right. like if it's legitimate, right. but, you know, to try to, you know, get me to sign up for like a, what appeared to be like a fraudulent, like organization, you know, like you gotta try a little bit harder for them to blatantly come out, you know, like it wasn't even like, Oh, Hey, yeah. How's, how's it going? You know, can't wait for the club. You know, at least, you know, answer my question, you know? Yeah. And try to like, try to give me like play along with it. But yeah, it was definitely a very blatant attempt. <laughs> No, well, well, um, we might come back uh, before the Wednesday match against El Paso. Uh, we might not. I am currently in the process of moving, um, and we'll continue to be in that process probably, probably then as well. So, um, just in case, do you want to touch on that as well right now, or you want to hold off? Um, yeah, let's go ahead. Let's touch on it. Yeah, why not? We're wide awake now anyways. Um, 
So Wednesday, July 15th at uh, 8 p.m., uh, we face El Paso down in El Paso. Um, the the first of two, basically back-to-back, even though there's nine days in between them. We play them on the 15th, and then we play them again on the 24th down there as well. Um, we kind of already went over what we did with El Paso last year. We drew 2-2 two, two down there. We beat them 3-0 up here. Um, they still are the little brother in my eye. Um and I expect us to beat them 3-0 again uh, on Wednesday. Um, is there anybody... I, I, I do believe uh, Salgado and um, Gomez are still with the club. Um, I, I looked it up earlier while we were talking, but they did lose Kisavetter, um and uh, Velasquez. They lost Velasquez as well, another offensive guy that they had. Um, the gentleman who got the red card in the first match last year, Yuma, is still there. And will still be pesky in the midfield uh, if he plays. Um, what do you do? You expect this one to be chippy right off the bat? Um, are you expecting it to be uh, a blowout either way, or are you expecting it to be close? I think it's definitely going to take a little bit of time for the chippiness to come in. Uh, I don't think it's going to be you know definitely don't think it's going to be from minute one. Um, I imagine that at least in this first matchup, uh, United is going to ha- have the upper hand. Uh, I think we're going to play better offensively. Uh, I think our defense is better than theirs. Now, El Paso did announce that they signed uh, Eder Borelli from uh, FC Juarez down in Liga MX. Liga MX. Um, so that's going to be a big boost for them. Uh, he's had more than 200 professional appearances. Um so yeah, definitely a, a, a experienced defender. Uh, he's definitely going to help shore up their back line. But yeah, I mean, the first match it's going to be it's going to be interesting. You know, of course you got the whole atmosphere surrounding the stadium. No, no one there. I think that plays into a lot of it as well. Um, so I think maybe without the fans, we're going to see um, we're going to see less shippiness because you don't have that energy coming from, from outside the pitch. Uh, but there's always a possibility. I mean, you know, they've lost, you know, like I said, they, they lost Velasquez, they lost uh, Um So I think it's going to be a blow to them. They've got to figure out what they're going to do on their offense. Um, you know, I, I would say somewhere in the neighborhood, of like, you know, maybe 2-1, 3-1 to us in that first match. Um, it's going to, I think it's going to be tight. Um Mainly because I mean the guys are just getting back to action. You know, there's going to be some feeling out. There's going to be, and who knows really what they've been able to do in in uh, in practice. You know, we don't know if they've been able to do you know five aside, seven aside, whatever, trying to actually like play, or have they just been training in small groups doing drills and things? You know, we don't really know. we don't know how it's going to play out. So, well, so far with all the soccer that we've seen come back, whether it's overseas in the Bundesliga and Premier League or or the MLS the last couple of days, um, it definitely is going to take a while to get back to good-looking soccer. Um, it's it's definitely a little choppy and a little, little off. Teams just haven't quite figured things out uh, because they haven't been able to play um, full-speed uh, matches against people that they don't see every day. So... So I do think that the first couple of matches are going to be a little sluggish to start and a little different. Um, but uh, with this abbreviated schedule, man, there's not a lot of time for you to figure things out. So hopefully United can 
can find a groove early and, and ride that out through the rest of the season. Yeah, I certainly hope so. That's something that we struggled with last season was getting off to fast starts of matches. We would see us, you know, occasionally it, occasionally we get one of those fast starts and we play well for the rest of the match. But if we didn't start fast, we didn't get an early goal, then things would kind of just like drag out and we wouldn't really, you know, make a showing until it was either a too late or, you know, you know, and try to play from behind or it would be, you know, much more of a, uh, a much closer match than what it really should have been, you know? And, and that's something we talked about last season. We talked about, I think we talked about it earlier this year, when we're getting ready, but yeah, that's going to be a, a big deal for United, especially, you know, getting off on the right foot to start this, you know, the abbreviated season. Um, you know, Momentum is going to be huge. Like if you get a couple wins to start, you know, that may carry you for a while. So. Exactly. So um, I'm excited. Like we've said before and, and uh, tune in Saturday, six o'clock on ESPN plus or 1017 the team to listen to them locally here in Albuquerque area here in the Albuquerque area. Um, I think that's about all I had for, for this week, Seth, anything else that you wanted to mention? Uh, no, as far as the United, that's all I've got. Awesome. Well, uh, you can check us out on social media. Uh, we've got a Suncast Twitter. Uh, we also have a Somos News News Twitter, uh, Somos News News Facebook page. You can email Seth or I at Seth at DadVenturesMedia.com, Jacob at DadVenturesMedia.com, um, or just find us on social media ourselves. I'm on Facebook. Seth is not because he is a genius of a person. Um, I just can't get rid of it. I, I've, I've deleted it off my phone like three times lately just because it's so poisonous right now. Uh, and then I just keep going back to it and it drives me nuts. Um, but anyways, with that being said, um, yeah, just let us know if you have any questions, you can reach out to us, follow us on social media. Uh, as for the podcast, if you could, uh, subscribe to it, uh, rate and review it on iTunes or any other podcast player that you use, that'd be fantastic. We always like to hear, hear feedback for that. And, um, until next weekend or until next week, hopefully next week, anyways, uh, it's almost news, guys. podcast of Somos Unidos News. All of our shows are recorded live from Albuquerque and Los Lunas, New Mexico, are written and produced by Seth Bidoff and Jacob Terrell, and are edited by Seth. Special thanks to Jeff, too, on YouTube for the music you hear in every episode. All episodes are recorded and edited using Clean Feed and Audacity. All of our shows are proudly hosted on Pinecast.